0: we're back again i got the pleasure of attending a friend of mine's second anniversary uh in which he shared his message and he graciously allowed me to record it and so that is what i present to you today it is in fact another guy named jason but at least it's not me talking again so here you go Um. There's no doubt about it. Might take a miracle to get me started. I'm a lazy boy. There's no doubt about it. Might take a miracle to get me started. To get me started. To get me started again. To get me started. To get me started. started, My name is Jason. I'm an addict. Uh, I'm really grateful to be here and in an Arcox Anonymous meeting tonight with all you people. Uh, I don't know really what I'm going to say. I just, uh, you know, I sat here to say the speaker's prayer. God, please don't let me suck. Uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I've been uh, struggling lately. Uh, we're going through crazy times. The pandemic. And, uh, like, my disease has been telling me, you never been going to meetings like you should be. You're not really working on shit the past couple months. And, like, what the fuck do you got to offer people, you know? So, uh, anyway, listen, uh, I'm going to start in the beginning. Uh, as a child, I was an addict long before I ever put a drug inside me. Uh, I'm an addict through and through to the core uh, I, in my home when I was a child, um, I had parents and uh, I had family and there was love in the house. And, uh, you know, I just never felt comfortable in my own skin. And I didn't notice that till later in life. But like I never felt a part of even my own family. My parents had each other, my sisters were younger than me, and they were girls and they had each other. And I just felt like I was like in limbo in the middle, just like isolating. As a teenager, I obsessed over things. Uh, As a kid, it was like baseball and baseball cards, complete OCD, boxes and boxes and boxes of cards in numerical order and alphabetical order by teams and colors and players. Like it was nuts, looking back at it, you know, just OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder as a young child and um you know if I liked it I wanted more of it even at an early age you know what I mean uh you know at growing up in my house partying was kind of regular thing you know what I mean my mom's here I don't want to make her cringe too much but like we're Irish Catholics you know what I mean there was some drinking being done to say the least you know what I mean like Drinking is like a rite of passage in our family. It wasn't a question of if, but just when you started drinking. You know what I mean? Like, it came with, you know, the blessing of the family. Like, when I started partying my ass off, it seemed like normal fucking behavior to me and to probably most of my family. Uh, My first time putting a chemical in my body, it was alcohol. And, uh, you know, right from the beginning, like, I remember vividly, like, my first shot of fucking peppermint schnapps that my old man gave me on, uh, I think it was Christmas Eve or Christmas night or something. And I just, like, felt warm and fuzzy inside. Like, I knew I liked it at, like, I don't know what age I was, 11 or 12 years old. And, like, initially, I was already thinking about getting my next one. Like, I knew I was going to do that shit again. You know what I mean? Like, and that fucking pattern carried on into my entire life. Like, it didn't matter what I had. I was thinking about the next one. Uh, you know, a teenage, my teenage years, uh, again, like I just never felt comfortable. I never felt good enough. Inadequacy was a big part of my, is a big part of my, my head, you know, uh, I was a follower, I was not a leader. When the people I hung around started drinking, I started drinking just, you know, for fear of being put outside the circle, you know what I mean? Like these people I liked, they considered me friends. I held their opinions in high regards. And when they started smoking pot, I started smoking pot. When they started drinking on a regular, I started drinking on a regular. And then when, you know, we were breaking curfew and doing all the mischief shit, like I was a follower. I was not a leader, you know what I mean? Um, I just wanted to be a part of, you know what I mean? and um uh through my 20s my father owned a bar in federal hill i lived a block away like this just seemed like the most perfect thing i ever had happen to me in my life like I'm, i turned 21 my dad bought a bar a block from my house and i got fucking furred all through my 20s <laughs> you know what i mean i was like hey not you can't write this shit you know what i mean it was Get off work, go to the bar. I wouldn't even shower. Close the bar 2 a.m., barely get up for work the next morning. Probably still in my work clothes. And, like, I did that every friggin' day. Literally every day. Uh, I had a dog. There was friggin' dog shit everywhere because I was never friggin' home to take the dog out. And this is, like, complete fucking unmanageability presenting itself in my life and in my earliest stages of addiction, you know? Like, complete unmanageable. Um, Like, I remember... Like, me and my roommates, like, we just... When we got our first house, we bought a keg. Like, we kept the keg of beer in the house. You know what I mean? Like, and then putting ice on it just got too expensive, so we took all the fucking shelves out of the refrigerator and just put the keg of beer in the refrigerator. You know what I mean? And, like, this made much more sense to us, because, like, ice is expensive, and we got... We were having trouble keeping ice down, and like, you had to fucking look for shit. There's like a little corner behind the cake. There's eggs and there's mustard, and this shit seemed like like perfectly good way to live your life and when I was 21, you know. And uh, you know, uh, you know, progressive. My disease, the disease is progressive. It went from uh, drinking, having a good time. I mean, I was partying. I had a great time. I thought this shit was normal. And then, you know, I got introduced to the bigger, harder drugs. I don't know, dude. Drug lock. You don't know what drugs they are. You know what order they come in. I liked them all. I never did a fucking drug that I didn't like. I never said, oh, that sucks. I don't want no more of that. You know what I mean? I did. My favorite drug was more of whatever the fuck you had. That was what I wanted at that particular time. It could have been any one of the prescriptions, street drugs, alcoholic beverages. I mean, some of them weren't drugs. I wasn't sure. Somebody said it might make them feel funny. I did them anyway. Uh, I found out one time I did a whole bunch of menopause pills, uh, you know, under the pretense that they might make me feel good. Like, I did whatever the fuck I could do. To not have to feel my feelings, the feelings of inadequacy, like that I wasn't good enough. If this drug was gonna make me feel comfortable in my own skin, I wanted it. And, uh, you know, so I had three kids during uh, these years. Um, uh, So I have three kids, right? I'm a single dad with three kids by myself right now, right? My kids, they hang out in the critics anonymous meetings. My daughter, she's like the unofficial mascot at Recovery 101. You you guys know her from just giving her dollars. Uh, She likes to tell everybody uh, her anniversary is January 19th. She's coming up on 11 years, everybody. Listen, I don't pull I don't pull no punches with my children. Listen, me, my kid's mother, we used to take this girl to cop drugs. She fucking knows that daddy had a problem. She seen my mother administer Narcan while I was dead on the fucking kitchen floor, right? So, I try to let her see everything I can in recovery. She I know that she's proud of me now. All my children are But uh, they know the bitter truth about reality. You know what I mean? We haven't seen their mother in four and a half years because she's never got a day clean. And, uh, you know, I struggle with that. You know, I carry a lot of shame shame and guilt behind um, us beginning our um, drug use together. I got clean and she never did. And, like, that weighs on me heavily. You know what I mean? Um So listen, uh, at the end of my using, it was horrible. You know what I mean? Listen, I tried to kill myself. I would lay in bed contemplating suicide. I I would lay in bed. I'd hear the train whistle go off at the top of my street. And I always used to tell myself, if I left right now, I could probably get in front of that train. I would multiple occasions have done like enough drugs that I would have thought would have killed an elephant. But, you know, somehow I kept waking back up every time I tried to do that. That's a good thing. You probably would have had a different speaker tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, but that, that's not what God's will was for me. You know what I mean? God's will was for me to be alive and in a an Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Uh, 2016, uh, drugs had completely taken over my life. I couldn't afford to feed my children. I couldn't afford to feed myself. I was on the verge of getting evicted out of my home. My mom and sisters had to take my children from me because like I just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? I always felt like, you know, I I I kept this juggling act up like I could handle it. I always worked through my addiction. You know what I mean? I was self-sustaining through my own contributions, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, the ball started dropping. They started hitting the ground. I couldn't juggle it. I couldn't keep it up no more. My parent, my my mom and my sisters took my kids. I went to treatment and uh, I did a seven day detox. And they asked me what I wanted to do, a 28 day program or a six month program. I learned so much about the disease of addiction in those seven days that I knew 28 days wasn't enough for me. Now, granted, I didn't know nothing about rehab, I knew nothing about narcotics anonymous, I didn't know how to get clean. You know, you hear stories about you know celebrities that used to be on drugs to get clean, but I didn't know any of these people. I had no body taking me by the hand and saying, This is how you get clean, you fucking idiot. You know what I mean? I had no idea, right? Um my, my family is like, you need fucking help. And I'm like, how do you argue with that? You know what I mean? No shit. So I went to treatment. I started learning things. I started hearing things that I could relate to. I started going to the nightly Narcotics Anonymous meeting through H&I, which is a very important thing in my life because like that's how I learned about it. You know, that's how, that's where the seed was planted. Was through H&I. If them guys and girls, men and women did not bring meetings into hospitals and institutions for people that can't get into them, I might not have never heard about Narcotics Anonymous. Um, I do H&I monthly now. It's kind of shut down because of the pandemic. But that's like one of my favorite things to do is uh, once a month I take a meeting into uh, Bayview Detox. Um, So inside there, the seed was planted. I got out. Um while I was in there, my mom and my sister get a house in Dundalk so they can house my children. When I get out, I move to lovely old Dundalk. I'm not from Dundalk. I don't know nobody in Dundalk at this time. All I know is I gotta hold my nose when I pass it on the beltway. That's all I know about Dundalk. And I start going to meetings and I, I get the little white book that's up here. You know what I mean? I get the schedule, I just find the closest thing to my house. And like God start putting people in my life. You know what I mean? People that took me by the hand and guided me. Like I have no. There's no doubt in my mind that God put people in my life to save it. You know what I mean? Some of them people are dead. You know what I mean? Some of them ain't here anymore. It doesn't mean they weren't telling me good shit at the time. It just means they, their disease caught up with them. A lot of them are here, you know. And I'm totally, 100% grateful to those people. Uh, You know, I didn't, you know, let's get real. I didn't listen to everybody's suggestions. I kind of, you know, had, I I went to a lot of meetings because it was like a good place to meet women and shit. And I had a sponsor, you know, they start telling me, get a sponsor. I didn't know what a sponsor was. I thought I got like a NASCAR jacket with some patches on it. I didn't know what sponsorship was all about. And, uh... You know, I asked a guy to be my sponsor, and he told me no. He's like, Look, man, I got a job, I own a business, I got a boat, and uh, I got a ton of fucking sponsors. And he goes, Go ask that guy right there. Right? And that, that, that was God working in my life again, right there, because I'm telling you, he's the best sponsor in NA. You know what I mean? I'm sorry about your guys' sponsor, but <laughs> look, I know 100% he's the best sponsor for me. Right. He hasn't been my sponsor the entire time. You know what I mean? I relapsed. He let me go. You know, he said, if you're not getting something out of this, you can get something, do something different. Be more than happy to let you go. And, uh, you know, I got to 11 months and I started I started I started fucking up. Right. I was dating a a earthling, you know, and uh, we were going to the clubs on Friday and she would drink. And like I was kissing her and she tastes like fucking vodka and shit. I don't know what I was doing. It was like unimaginability before I even started putting another drug in me. Lo and behold, I walk into the club with her one Friday night. The music pumping, the smoke's going. And I'm like, I'm going to get fucked up tonight. Right. And that's what I did. I got drunk with her. And uh, it wasn't a month later. I was in front of the bathroom mirror trying to find a vein in my neck, my arm, wherever I could do. Because that's what I really wanted, you know. Uh, I stayed, I stayed around for a little bit telling everybody I was good. I didn't have no idea. I thought everybody thought I was clean. You know, everybody's like, yeah, good job, man. On your 30 days. Like, meanwhile, I'm not out in the fucking meeting. I think nobody's got a clue. They just love me where I was at, man. They just like keep coming back. That was like the one thing I heard. Keep coming back. You know? Uh, I stumbled about a year. I was like, it was horrible, dude. My life was horrible. Everything that I gained in that little bit of clean time, it all fit in the cooker, man. Like, the job, a brand new truck, a family, the girlfriend, like, everything was gone. I did that. Like this. Up in smoke. So. Again, my life is in shambles, man. I made a decision to uh, go go back to um, treatment. Right. I hit my bottom again. I had to surrender. And uh, I reached out to, you know, two of the most important people in my, in my recovery back then. And um, I told them, I'm like. I'm ready to do something different. I'm ready to go back to treatment. And I called Ben and Kim. And, like, oh man, they just like put their arms around me. And, like, I started going to meetings with them using. And Ben's like, dude, if you complete a treatment, he's like, I got you a spot in my recovery house. And, um, like, this spot, this recovery house is like not open to the public, it's strictly for the employees of his company. I'm the only one to ever go there and not be an employee at his company. I got out of treatment and like he had my rent paid for weeks, you know, like he was buying me food until I got a paycheck. Like these people set me up for fucking success. I remember going to a meeting with Kim, like the night before I went into treatment. Oh Man, I was so done with drugs. My life had became so unmanageable. We went to a meeting, I was like 170 pounds. My face is sunken in. Um, she made sure I got something to eat, you know? She dropped me off and like, I got ready to go to detox in the morning. What do you do when you get ready to go to detox? I got toxed, you know what I mean? <laughs> look I was by my fucking self my family wasn't there I had no friends around I was in a house like I had already moved all my furniture to storage so I'm in an empty house in St. Helena no furniture all my possessions in storage like trying to find a good fucking vein crying to myself like I don't mean to be graphic but fuck it it was fucking ugly man couldn't find a bane, there's blood all over me, it's the fucking shit's coagulating in the fucking syringe, I'm crying to myself, like crying out to God for help. The next morning I went to treatment, I did a seven day detox, and uh, my clean date's October 3rd, 2018, and I haven't found a good reason to pick up a drug sense that, man. And it's all because of the men and women of Narcotics Anonymous, this fucking program. People put their arms around me. They loved me where I was at. They nurtured me back to life like a wounded fucking duck. And it's something powerful. I don't know what it is. We meet in these like church basements. It's kind of moldy. Smells like an American Legion. (laughs) I don't know, but there's some magic that goes on in these fucking rooms. It's something special. It's something that like, I don't know, like I can't explain it. I can't put a name on it, but it's fucking important to me. Because like. I try to stay in the center of it, you know, I have a home group. I have a service commitment in my home group. I have a sponsor. You know, he knows he's my sponsor most of the time. Though <laughs> if you're new, like, get yourself a sponsor that you admire, hang around people that you want to be like, man. That's the best advice I could probably give you. Get with people that have what you want. You know what I mean? Like my sponsor is a man of integrity. You know, he's a great fucking dad. Like these are the values that I admire in people today. You know what I mean? These are the things that I want for myself. Service work is important. Um, In addition to the H&I, I I also do uh, the phone hotline every week. Uh, every Thursday, you know, and listen, I'm not saying that to boast or brag. I'm just saying that's how the fuck I stay clean. You know what I mean? Like I stay in the middle of this so I don't get plucked off the edge or hurt. Get a home group like. If I couldn't imagine, but if I didn't show up in my home group by 705, my fucking phone would be blowing up. You know what I mean? I have people in my life that hold me accountable today. You know what I mean? They know what my actions are. They know what I do on a daily basis. If I look a little funky to them, they're going to pull me up on my shit. What's wrong with you? And it could be as, as simple as me not returning a text in a timely fashion that I normally do. People know me. People know my habits, and I know them. If you don't show up to home group, bet your ass that Jason's fucking calling them at their home group. Everybody who's in my home group, if they don't show up, they get a phone call. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Why didn't you show? Like, that's what I do. It's something important to me, you know? It doesn't matter, like, what you have. Nobody wants what you fucking have. You can be broke as can be. Like, men loved me. They put me out, took them with me, bought me fucking tacos and burgers and went to the diner. And, like, just help me along, man. And I can't believe, dude, it's a miracle I'm standing here two years clean. Like, I thank God every day. Two years clean. It's like a, I feel like I I throw the earth off its natural fucking course. You know what (laughs) what I mean? Like, for me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. If you're not sure if you can do it, you can fucking do it. Because if I can stand over here two years clean, anybody can do it. If you have the will, you can do it. Um, listen, if I could fucking remember 25% of the shit that I shared in the shower today, like, I'd be signing autographs after this, and like, women will be throwing their bras at me and shit. Like, there was some good shit going on in the shower. Like, I was gonna come in here and fucking blow these guys out the way. Listen. Listen, i tell you right now, you look at me 100%. You're looking at a, a grateful, grateful person. I'm grateful for my life beyond my wildest dreams. Like I sit at home every day and just thank the life I have. I come home to my three children. We eat dinner together most every night. We pray before dinner. And like then we go around the table like some Leave it to Beaver shit. And today, how each one of us had her day was... And like, it's my favorite part of the day. You know what I mean? Like, I'm proud of that. You know, I did that. It's just me and them. Look, I don't know who told, somebody told me one time that sharing is a lot like a woman's dress. Like, keep it long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to keep people interested. Thanks for letting me share. (laughs)